Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Welcome to the second part of our podcast commemorating the earthquake and tsunami which struck the northeast of Japan last year. I'm Sean Donnan, the FT's world news editor. In the first part, we looked at the direct impact on the communities in the northeast and heard about how the reconstruction effort was going. Here, we look at how members of the expatriate community in Tokyo were affected by the quake and what they experienced that day. Serena Tarling, our Asia page editor, spoke to Helen Wood, who was living in Japan with her husband, managing partner of the Tokyo office of Freshfields Bruckhaus Derringer, and her three children. It was apparent from violence of the first, the, the first few moments of the shake, that this was something completely different. My immediate reaction, I was in my bedroom, was to go straight under my desk and take cover, and then wait and to see how long it went on. Normally, these things go on for a few seconds. But this one went on and on and on. And obviously, at the time, I had no idea how long it was going on for. I think it transpired it went on for about four minutes. I thought, I've just got to get through this particular moment. And I knew that the children would be at school and would be as safe as they possibly could with the staff there. And I was obviously concerned about my husband in his office, which was on the 36th floor of a 38-floor building. So how long did it take before you knew whether your children, your husband, were okay? Very quickly afterwards, my husband telephoned from the office to say that he was fine, but the building was still shaking violently. The British school started posting on Facebook almost immediately that the Shibuya site where the junior school was was safe and that all the children were safe. And started to get emails and texts through from other people. The The mobile network went down straight away, but the landlines were working. We didn't have any power cuts and the internet worked and continued to work during the, the entire event. So that was incredibly helpful. And Facebook and Twitter were invaluable sources of information. And how did your children deal with it? Were they panicking? The younger children were incredibly calm. The teachers had done an amazing job of just keeping things normal after the the children had come out from under their desks. They were playing with Lego. Some teachers were sitting on the floor reading them stories. It was very, very calm. What did you do then? What sorts of decisions did you have to make? That first evening, we made some very basic decisions. Like The children were very scared, so they came and slept on futons in our bedroom. We had ski helmets by the bed in case there were any more major quakes and there was damage and they we needed to protect them. We had our escape bags, which are always packed. And we were just tried to keep it as normal as possible for the children. But obviously the television was on the whole time. We were watching the unfolding events um, with the tsunami mainly. I'm a little unclear in my own mind as to when I first became aware of the situation developing in Fukushima Daiichi. I think it was during that evening. And did you feel that the information coming through from the authorities was clear at this juncture? No, I think it was it was fairly confused, but I don't think anyone expected anything else on the Saturday, things seemed to be sort of scarily normal in the morning. And then with the first explosion at Fukushima Daiichi, that was when things started to get a little uncertain. Some of my husband's very junior colleagues decamped to our house on the Saturday night. Some of them had only arrived in Tokyo that week. So they were very new to Tokyo and were very, very scared. 
and wanted to get out of the country or get out of Tokyo and go south. It was at that point that we suddenly almost came out of our little family bubble and realised that people were considering leaving. It hadn't occurred to us at that point. Tuesday was the was a sort of make or break day. And I think for, for many people, the news from Fukushima became graver as the day went on and it became apparent that things could become much more serious. So we then made the decision to leave. I booked ongoing flights to Hong Kong from Osaka for the following day. Other news started to come in. For example, the British school said they were then going to be closed for at least 10 days. And at that point, I suggested that perhaps the best thing for the children and I would be to go to London. When we first got back to London, which was exactly a week after the earthquake, we were all completely exhausted. My husband wasn't actually in Japan at the time. He'd stay, He'd come to Hong Kong with us and decided to stay in Hong Kong, at least for the weekend, because it was a public holiday weekend in Japan. And I think of the people who had chosen to leave, he was one of the one of the first ones to return. But a lot of people hadn't left Tokyo. A lot of people, um, expat businessmen, had stayed in Tokyo. Some had left, some hadn't. It was a, it was a complete mixed bag. How many of the office, the Freshfield office, stayed? As far as I'm aware, all the Japanese staff stayed in Tokyo. I think a couple may have gone away for the weekend. The, of the expatriate staff, the majority went away for some period. I think it was difficult and it was stressful to try and manage the office, manage the the feelings of people in the office, both expatriates and, and local Japanese staff. There was a real feeling that expatriates, not just at Freshfields, but all over the business community had, had abandoned Japan and, and run away. It was sort of managing that process and managing relationships. So I think it was a it was a difficult time. Business was obviously very slow at that point. It was it was more just survival. In about week three, um, things seemed to be safe enough to return, so we made a plan to go home. We were actually incredibly relieved to get back to Tokyo and to get back home. Helen Wood was speaking to Serena Tarling. You can listen to the first part of our audio coverage of the tsunami and earthquake by going to ft.com slash worldweekly. World Weekly is produced by Serena Tarling and Amy Tsang. Gideon Rackman returns next week. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.